0: Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. The rest of our life. It doesn't work that way. Are you hearing me? See, as long as you have this wet rag over top of you, you're not able to grow into the stature of Jesus Christ. Because you're never good enough and if that's where your focus is you will never be good enough and we are not good enough but jesus is good enough and when i depend on him on his salvation then i'm good enough i hope this is answering some something for some of you i want to continue to read here and then we'll talk some more um In Ephesians 2, I left off with this verse, chapter 2, verse 6, and has raised us up. Who is us? Who is us? Let's hear it. Us? Can all the us's put their hands up? All right? Okay, Now, now, now notice you raised your hand. Okay. And has raised us up together. So you're not by yourself. And made us sit together. Not stand together, sit together. That's a place of rest. Where? In heavenly places. You see, if some of you would allow God to wipe that gloom off of your head, you could sit in a heavenly place. Yeah? In heavenly places. And where are those heavenly places? It's in Jesus. There's a place in Jesus that you can sit that is heavenly. Did you hear me? I wonder if Jesus would come into our midst and walk in right through here and stand here, how many of us would tend to run away or to him? He made us sit together together. Together, that means you sit with Him. You sit together, you're not alone with Him. In heavenly places, and it's in Christ. Romans 1, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from one faith to another faith, from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. So how do I overcome this gloominess and this cloud that hangs over my head? By faith. By trusting what God is saying, by trusting what God says about you, about your position that God has made for you to walk in or to sit in, it is done by faith. The just shall live by faith. has to do with righteousness. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Those that are justified live by faith. Hebrews 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The justified ones live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. That's how we live. We live by faith. Well, but what about this? No, we live by faith, not not by that. I don't live with that gloomy cloud. I live by faith in the Son of God in the Redeemer, in the one that is forgiven, in the one that can heal, in the one that heals. I live by faith in Him. That's how I live. That's how the righteous live. The righteous and the just will live by faith. Now you can make a choice today. The reason I speak so boldly to you, because I know numerous ones of you that I've dealt with already in years past and still, And I know that this condition is within you. For some reason, I think it's a religious guilt almost that it almost feels holy. It almost gives you a sense of security to know that I'm not completely okay. It's a universal guilt. I'm not quite okay. I've got some issues. And it's okay. That way I'm not too happy with Jesus. Jesus. That's not how we walk by faith. We walk by faith. Very clear. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. I've told you this before. The original doesn't say diligent. It says, seek him. If we, if we could just put that word diligent in, we'd all get really, really diligent. And then again, it depends would depend, be dependent on our works. No, we seek Him. When you seek Him, you find Him. Not when you diligently seek Him, you will find Him. The Bible says, if you seek Him, you'll find Him. See, diligent puts a lot of strength on my own ability. And that's just what, so much what this person wants to do. This person is so... Desperate in wanting to do right and be right, and sometimes they get so wearied and tired and they just walk away and get discouraged for a while. This is not the way God's provision works. Hebrews 12, verse 1. I'm going to read a while here. Now, the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Sorry, there's uh, the other one. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please God. I read this before. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. It's talking about of all the people that have gone before in faith. Hebrews 11. Then it says, Wherefore, we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight, every sin, which so easily besets us. Find out what, what besets you really easily. And let us run. With patience, the race that is set before us. It takes patience, and we run with patience. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The author, the beginner, and the finisher of our faith. He is the one that will do that. All right? And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Some of these things on this gloominess that lies on the believer universally, I believe, is simply a lack of turning to the cross. I had a, a pastor, been numerous pastors been in contact with me this past week, even had meetings with several of them from out of state. But this one pastor uh, got a hold of me and he said that, what do you think of this thought? He said, the thought came to me, I'm tired of people recommitting their lives. I said, yeah. He said, why not deny yourself, take up the cross, then you can follow. There's people recommitting. He recommitted his life. He recomm- what about crucifying self? Let's take that self and put it on the cross. Then you can continue. I said, there's a lot of truth to that. We want to constantly recommit, but we, don't, we, but we want to take that self man and recommit him where we need to deny him and die to him and subdue him, let him go down under the power of the cross. Looking unto Jesus, the author, enduring the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. That means the sin problem that we are to overcome, it hasn't taken blood to bring that. In Jesus it did, because he went to the cross. Verse 5, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise thou not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And he does not do it year after year after year after year. Do you hear me? I do not think that the reputation of God is the master chastener. Try and take that gospel to the lost. Come to Jesus, and he'll punish you the rest of your Christian life. That's not the gospel that I read. Do you hear me? Let's understand chastening. It's all to God's children, but for a specific reason. It's not a continual stroke upon you. It's decisive. It's precise to do a certain thing, to correct a certain thing. And he's a master at it. Let's just read on here. Despise thou not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Faint when thou art rebuked of him. Have you ever been rebuked by the Lord? The first temptation is you want to faint. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Verse 8. But if ye be without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, look at this verse. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, Flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be, in, be sub, in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? And here's the verse. For they verily for a few days chastened us. These are these imperfect fathers that correct the children. And it says, they for a few days have chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. The chastening of the Lord is never to drive you away from God, but to bring you to his holiness. The word here is refinement, spiritual refinement, spiritual understanding, spiritual maturity, deeper inner purity. This is the reason, this is the reason he does it. And it says here that if men or fathers have chastened us for a few days, look at that word. He uses this as an example. For they verily for a few days chastened us after our own pleasure, or after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, It doesn't say like this, For they verily, for the entire life as sons have punished them and chastened them. It says for a few days. There is nobody in here, I believe, that is so cruel to their own son that they would do it year after year after year after year on the same subject. Yet this is how we perceive God as being. I really want you to hear this truth. Some of you have learned to live with such a condemnation over you because somehow you have not accepted the righteousness of God is good enough. But that I'm always wrong. I always have a problem. I'll never be an overcomer. And yet the Bible is clear that we're overcomers. And I do believe that many times Jesus looks to us as being overcomers, and we ourselves would argue against it. We are not overcomers. I just want you to hear that. The condemnation that constantly lingers over God's people, it's it's a tool of the enemy. It's not the chastening of the Lord. When the Lord chastens, he doesn't condemn. I do not condemn. Jesus is quite clear on that. If this, what you think is chastening over your soul, condemns you, Jesus doesn't doesn't condemn. I came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We are regulated by condemnation. This is how we move. It is a universal religious thought, I believe, or a play that hovers over us that unless we feel that certain little bit of guilt, we're just not good enough for God. Now, I'll say this, that I'm speaking quite clearly on this because I understand I have known this way for years, and I've felt falling back into it. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.